Hey everyone, welcome to the Bully Food Challenge. Today on episode 17, we are going to talk about the difference between teasing versus taunting. And the episode is called Assume They're Kidding. Teasing and taunting are very different things. They're two very different things. And in this episode, I'll teach you how to tell the difference between them and also how to handle both. Luckily for you, it's the same strategy. Big welcome to all of you for coming out, especially those of you who have been supporting the show for the last few months. I am so happy to have you uh, and, of course, the new people as well. Please let your friends and um, family members know about the episodes if they are helping you learn about the topic of bullying and helping you move past it. I am a middle school teacher. I've been teaching for 20 years, and I also experienced bullying as a kid. I've helped many of my students overcome this problem and challenge in their life, and I'd like to do the same for you. I obviously can't give you individualized instruction or any kind of personal care because I don't know you personally, and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a provider of that kind. So if you need that kind of help, please reach out to someone who can help you personally. Um, I would love to teach you about the pattern of bullying and how to navigate it so you can get past it. Okay. Um, today is a, is the beginning of a multi-layered lesson. And, uh, the first part is to be able to tell the difference between teasing and taunting so that you can turn any taunting around and also so you can use teasing to your best uh, advantage. So first I'd like you to understand the importance of emotional self-control. Okay. With what I'm about to tell you and some practice, you will get better and better at not reacting. This is key because reacting is bully food. Anytime you react, the bully has control over you and that's exactly what they want, right? So when you don't react and you don't show that they are getting to you, you show them you're above them. You show that you're at a higher status. And people can't get to you easily when you're at a higher status or when you have a winner's attitude, okay? People can actually feel safe being honest and real with you because you're able to handle whatever they dish out, whether it's good or bad, okay? So this is kind of the shift that you want to be able to make. You want to go from getting reactive, getting upset about every little tease or taunt that comes your way, you want to shift over as you work on these skills to be able to have this kind of unflappable, it doesn't matter, I'm not going to react to anything. And as I said, that shows the bully that you are above it, you're above them, you're higher status, and nobody can get to you. But it also makes other people around you feel really confident and secure around you because they know they can be honest and you aren't going to overreact. You're just going to be able to take whatever, whatever they really have to say. Okay. So once you're fairly good at not reacting, you'll begin to notice an even more important shift inside yourself. And in non-reaction, you're going to be able to perceive things differently. You're going to see the insecurity behind others' judgments, and you'll start to see the humor in what they say because of those insecurities. You won't be taking them or their opinions so seriously. In fact, you're going to start to become more anchored. Once you peel off the layer of reaction and your reactive feelings, you're going to go deeper into the feelings of self-appreciation. You're going to start to take yourself not so seriously, but more like you know that of anyone on earth who knows you better you than you, you ha- you're the only one who should really be determining what you think and, and 
and what's important and your own opinion should matter most. And certainly the opinion of some bully that you hate, that you don't respect should not be weighing very heavily on your mind. And this is sort of how you start to make that difference. Okay. So step one is figuring out how to not react to anything that triggers you. Okay. So you'll be able to feel how you want to feel instead of how the reaction makes you feel. Okay. Reactions are kind of like, you're going to feel this way. You have to feel this way, right? You're going to be able to feel the way you want instead of the way others, including the bully expect you to feel during certain treatment or during certain situations. Okay. So this brings me to a story about my dad. Um, he used to say, whenever I'd get upset when I was about your age, when I was in middle school, high school, and I'd get really upset, he would say, well, you're deciding to be angry. You're choosing to be angry. And it used to make me even angrier to have him say that because I, I think on some level I knew he was right, but I had no idea how to figure out how to, how to control my emotion, number one. And I also, I, you know, on a, on a more surface level, I just thought, no, I'm angry and I don't want to be angry. I just feel these things. I just feel this way. But when I started practicing this and realizing, you know, all emotions are, uh, controllable to a certain degree and you, you know, you're going to feel them, but that doesn't mean you have to react to them. You can, practice non-reaction to the point where you get to decide what your response is going to be. And that's really key when dealing with a bully. All right. So thanks dad for that, uh, lesson that took a long time to learn. And I hope y'all can on the, on the podcast, all you listeners can help yourself by realizing, yeah, you can't, you can't choose the emotion as it comes up, but you can choose whether you're going to react meaning it's going to control you or whether you're going to respond, meaning you're going to know how you feel, but you're also going to be a lookout at the others in the world and respond to what they're doing as well and kind of have it match reality more than the, the, the explosive feeling you might feel initially. Okay. So the first step to this, to practice being non-reactive is to do nothing when you feel triggered. Okay. When you feel up triggered, I, you know, that word, I don't really like that word because I think it has a violent connotation, but you all, I think, know what it means. It means that you feel upset, embarrassed, insulted, something like that. So when you can reliably do nothing after practice, nothing in these instances of being triggered, upset, insulted, embarrassed, whatever it is, when you can do nothing, you'll find you don't care about these mind games, these, these emotional roller coasters as much as you thought. You don't care so much about these insults. And when you hear them, and you don't react to them, the more your insecurities are brought to the surface and you do nothing, the more you can begin to let them go. Okay. And when I say let them go, I just mean you are going to start to realize that, yeah, some of them matter more than others, but a lot of them don't matter as much as you think. And you can easily just kind of release that and never look back. Just kind of be like, well, somebody insulted my taste in t-shirts. Okay. Well, I like these funny t-shirts. They think my t-shirts are dumb. I care about my opinion more than I care about their opinion. So when people make fun of my t-shirts, I'm just gonna like not care. It's okay that they don't like them. 
I'm still going to buy them. I'm still going to wear them. I'm still going to like them. And it's okay that some people aren't really into my funny t-shirts or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. All right. So this brings us to the difference between teasing and taunting because people are going to say stuff to you. Sometimes they say it just to be funny. Sometimes they say it out of their own insecurities. Sometimes they say it to straight up be mean to you. Okay. Teasing is a playful game that people who like each other play. Okay. They say these things and do these, these kind of, um, uh, provoking things to gently poke at each other's insecurities or flaws, unique qualities, and even your shortcomings. Your friends are going to say stuff when they notice something that's maybe not an ideal, like not everybody would want that, or maybe it's actually a flaw in your personality. It's something that, that is uniquely you. It makes you who you are. Um, but it's, it's not maybe a desirable thing about you and you know, it, it's just something, maybe it's, maybe you get angry easily, or maybe you, um, uh, have a weird taste in t-shirts, like I said before, and other people don't really appreciate them. Or maybe you, maybe you like things that are kind of childish and other people, you know, want to be extra cool, but you just kind of maintain this. Like maybe you like, I knew I had a student who loved Legos so much his whole room was covered in Legos and he was like 13 and other kids thought it was really, you know, childish, but he still loved Legos. He loved building things with Legos and he was like, he totally owned it. It was like his thing. So that's what I'm talking about. It's your friends can give you a hard time about stuff that isn't like in the mainstream considered cool or exactly right or desirable, but it's still part of who you are. And and in a sense, they do this to build your resistance and you do it back to them to build each other's resistance and to open up as friends. It creates opportunities for you to say to each other, I see who you really are and I accept you no matter what. And it also says, I know you're confident enough to take a joke. Nobody's going to tease you like this if they don't think you can handle it. So when someone teases you, you have to immediately say to yourself, well, they wouldn't say something like this if they didn't think I could take it. Okay. Teasing is a way to connect with others and you need to show them the best parts of you, obviously, when you're a friend. And part of that is that you also have to let them see the less amazing aspects of yourself. Teasing should go both ways between friends. It should go back and forth. And as you tease some of these qualities out of your friends too, they will open up and relax. Also, they're going to see that you think they can handle it, that you think they're cool enough to take a joke and that they can laugh at themselves and not take themselves too seriously. It should go, it should go both ways. You should both be able, both be able to do that. And as you learn to accept each other, accept yourself and accept them for all of these good and quote unquote bad or undesirable qualities, you'll be able to relax. You'll be able to, uh, stop controlling yourself so much and it will make your better qualities shine through even more brightly because you're not holding back. Okay. And and why is that when you're trying to hide something or when, you know, when any, when any of us are trying to hide something, we are too guarded for the good side to fully shine through. And the effort it's taking us to conceal ourselves is so stifling. And ultimately it blocks uh, people from being able to see the best side of us as well. Okay. So when you block them from seeing the bad quote unquote bad things or, or not uncool or embarrassing or vulnerable parts of yourself, you also block them from seeing the good parts, the best parts. And people 
want to see the a mixture of the good and bad. And the, the reason is because if they can only see the best parts of you, it's kind of like on social media, oftentimes people will only post the the very best picture, the very best, most flattering things, the coolest things they're doing. And then everyone around them is kind of put off by that because it's like there's something not quite right. It's imbalanced. It's, it's, you're too perfect. And that gives people kind of a weird vibe. Like there's not, there's nothing real about you or like what, you know, you're, you don't seem human. And sometimes people feel intimidated when all they can see is positive, desirable qualities in you. They, when they see your shortcomings too, and they can also see that you're okay with having shortcomings, they know that you're a really balanced person, that you're totally real, that what they see in you, they can trust because you're not only showing them something that's considered desirable. You're also showing them something that's considered weak or, or less desirable or uncool or whatever. And sometimes, oftentimes, your best friends are going to like those parts of you the best. Even things that bug them or like parts of your personality that are difficult to deal with, they'll still like them because it's part of who you really are. And they really like the whole you. And they like knowing that they can count on you being real with them instead of it just being, um, you know, a kind of a front or like that you're kind of a, you're kind of like trying to trick them into thinking you're cooler than you actually are. Ironically, when you don't try to trick people, that's when you're the coolest. Okay. Now, some people these days are quite sensitive to the idea that teasing can actually be a good thing. There are people who, who feel that any negativity, any comments or actions that aren't very nice, that are not purely kind should always be treated as a taunt or taunting, which is meant to be you know, hurtful or cause harm. Okay. So the, the, these people think that you should ban any, these are the kind of the same people as the bully free zone people. They believe you should ban any level of unkindness or harshness or, or critical or making fun because there are some people who can't really benefit from this kind of teaching. I'm sorry, teasing because they, aren't able to distinguish teasing from taunting very well. They, they don't read the social cues well and it's confusing for them. So when they hear a tease from a friend, they can't really tell the difference between that and somebody who's being, uh, really unkind and cruel in a taunting way. Okay. But it's also true that the majority of people will actually open up through playful teasing. They, they will have fun with it once they know how to deal with it. Once they're taught how to understand it, how to tell the difference between teasing and taunting and how to absorb a tease or even a taunt. I'm, I want to teach you that today because I want you to be able to get the benefits from teasing, which is that you, you open up and you show all sides of yourself and you find out that people actually find you cooler because they can see it all and they can decide for themselves if they really um, connect with you. So here are the steps. When someone pokes at you, when they tease you, when they taunt you even, when they get, when they get, try to get to you, when they try to get your goat, when they mess around or when they, um, when they are being uh, playfully harsh or whatever it is, the first thing you do is nothing. Okay. If someone makes fun of you, they give you a hard time. 
First thing you do is nothing. You say nothing with a blank face. This is, this is step one in your practice. You need to practice having no reaction, no reaction that other people can see. You need to break the habit of having a reaction. Okay. A reaction is just the thing everybody expects us to do. All right. It's, it's the obvious thing that you would do when somebody says your shirt is ugly you say, oh, well, it's, I got it at this store and the people there said it was cool or whatever. No, you say nothing. You give no facial expression, nothing. Okay. Second, you need to identify some of your more sensitive insecurities, shortcomings, flaws, or even just new, unique qualities, things that are different about you that aren't necessarily considered cool or uncool, bad or good. They're just something that's kind of different about you. You need to see them for what they are. And you also want to look at how others might see them. So imagine how others might see these things about you. They, they probably aren't as critical about them as you are about yourself, right? But you do want to get a sense of what other people actually think of these things. Then you want to ask yourself, how much do you really care? How much do you care about other people's opinion? How much do you really care about the shortcoming? Does, is it really that big of a deal that you you know, have these qualities or that you have this personality aspect of your personality that is maybe a little bit challenging for other people to deal with, whatever it is, like that you're tall, too tall in your mind, or you're too short, or you're, you're a little bit skinny, or you're a little bit overweight, or, you know, whatever it is, how much do you actually really cares? And consider how you might feel if someone pointed that out or made fun of you for it. And then that's where you, you know, as we go, I said, this is a multi-layered lesson. And, you know, next time we will talk differently about how you deal with this on the inside. Right. But for right now, I just want you to kind of think about how do you actually feel about these things? How do you think other people feel? Third, I want you to identify the same kind of insecurities and flaws in others and then think about what their shortcomings are and how do they seem to handle it? Do other kids seem to care a lot to the point of feeling ashamed or do they carry off those shortcomings or flaws as if they're no big deal? Ask yourself, does knowing about other people's flaws make you feel more connected to them? Is it true that when, when you know how somebody else is not exactly perfect, it actually makes them more uh, attractive to you? I, I would venture to guess that it does. Okay. And then fourth, you need to start looking for the humor in your own flaws and in other people's flaws. Find the power in sharing those flaws. Even if you're just imagining the power of it, find the power in accepting your own flaws, accepting other people as they are, warts and all, which means, you know, good, good, good and bad. And then also the power in letting all of that go so that you can live your life because nobody's perfect. And the sooner you let go of your perceived flaws and other people's perceived flaws. As soon as you let that go, you're going to have more fun and you're going to be able to connect with them. All right. So this is where the magic is. It's the key to this part of the lesson, the first part of this lesson, which is all about, um, not reacting. And what I want you to do, I want you to drop the seriousness and see the humor so that you can take any tease or taunt as a joke. I want you to get to the point where you don't react you can step back and push pause. Somebody says something, it gets to you, gets to you a little bit, but you push pause, you don't react. And then you actually can step back and have enough perspective to see the, the non-serious funny parts of it so that you can turn it into a joke. Now I told you, I'd teach you how to differentiate between teases and taunts and how to turn any taunts to your advantage. This is it. You have to turn it into a joke. 
whether you assume people are only kidding when they insult you and, and you, all you do is giggle a little bit, or maybe you just smile, or even if you just don't react and you kind of raise your eyebrows, like, huh, whatever it is, even, but if you get you, as you get better and better, you'll be able to actually play with it a little bit or ride, you know, kind of like ride it. Like, like they'll say it, you'll, you can like kind of agree with them and laugh at yourself. The more you can embellish it, the more you can, um, the more you can exaggerate the ridiculousness of this perceived flaw of yours, um, the more they're going to sense your confidence. So if you think about it, just think about it. How do most people react to insults or how do you expect people to react to being insulted? What would be their reaction? The thing that they are expected to do, they get defensive, right? Immediate bully food. Getting defensive is bully food. What do people do when you say, oh, your hair, your new haircut is really weird looking. They over explain it or, or this, you know, this song you like, I remember this kid once, um, made fun of a song that I like and oh my gosh, did I over explain? Oh, I didn't, I don't actually like it that much. Um, it's, it, I bought it by accident and it's just in my, my, you know, music, my, I had this tape player. It's just in there because I was trying to see if it was good before I returned it. I mean, I was coming up with all these excuses of why I didn't actually like the song. I was trying to make this kid think that it wasn't really something I thought was cool. This is a competitive kind of reaction as if the world's against you. So why would I assume that this kid's, uh, opinion of this song really should change my opinion of it. Why should I assume that they, they're going to like hate me hardcore because I have one song that they don't like that I like. I should have just been like, Oh, you don't like this song. I cannot stop listening to it. I'm like listening to this song a hundred times a day. It's super embarrassing. And I should have laughed. And then that kid, they still wouldn't like the song, so that doesn't matter, but they would have liked the reaction, or I'm sorry, the response I had to it, which was to not care that they don't like something that I do like and to be okay with us having a difference for me to be okay with. Maybe they think that the thing I like is dorky and I'm still, um, I'm still okay with them telling me that and I can handle it. I'm cool enough to handle being told that something's kind of dumb. And maybe that kid would have said, actually, secretly, I like it too. I just was saying that because I thought somebody else said it was dorky. You never know, right? But if you have a competitive reaction as if everyone's against you, they're going to be against you. All right. So imagine doing the opposite. Someone insults you and you do nothing or you laugh a little or you even agree in a joking way. Like when I said, oh yeah, you don't like this song. I, I, I'm the opposite. I cannot stop listening to it. It's super embarrassing. If I had said that, they would sense my deep sense of confidence and security and that I'm aware of my imperfections or my dorky taste in music or whatever and that I'm cool with that. I'm a cool with having a weird taste in music. And they would assume by me assuming that they're just teasing me, that they're just saying, they're saying their opinion and it's not meant to like be some horrible diss to my personality. When you assume that they're just teasing, you can just assume they're teasing to play around with you because they like you as much as you like yourself and that you like them enough to give them a, the benefit of the doubt that they aren't being a competitive jerk. They're just being a friend. They're telling you their opinion. They're saying, I don't like your song, but so what? Like, I think you're cool. Okay. If they were actually taunting you, they would immediately backpedal 
to make sure that you know that they were just kidding. Because as soon as they see that you're a confident and cool person, they want to go back and be like, oh, I wasn't actually trying to diss you. I wasn't trying to mess with you. I, I actually think you're fine. Like you're cool. I, your song's actually not so bad. They would, they would want you to still like them as soon as they realize that you're able to take a joke. Okay. Or you're able to kind of turn it around and have it be not that big of a deal. That's when they go like, Oh, this is actually a cool person. I shouldn't have messed around with them. And then they'll be nice to you. And they might even feel embarrassed for what they said and start like trying to explain it or whatever. So, and if they were just teasing, you will have responded with the kind of confidence people find just irresistibly attractive. They'll be glad that their tease opened you up to them and that you, that, that they can see that you're cool with, with everyone's imperfections, including your own and theirs too. Okay. So th- to get into this, the first step, like I said, is just practicing having a non-reaction. So practice limiting your reactions this week. I know you can do it. Make it a personal challenge to do nothing or even laugh a little bit. Um, whenever somebody provokes you, makes you feel upset, embarrasses you, uh, even if it's your family members, if they say something that makes you want to have a fight with them, just don't react. Just practice. Make that your goal. You're going to practice not, not getting bent out of shape, even if you feel exactly the opposite on the inside. You're still, it's still okay for you to feel angry on the inside or frustrated or sad or annoyed, but resist any urge to show it. Just blank face, say nothing. You will, once you've been, you're able to do that, you're going to be able to start lifting up and seeing the perspective of humor, which will make it so that you can turn it into a lighthearted situation whenever somebody gives you a hard time, or maybe even you'll be good enough to turn it into a joke, which is what you ultimately want to be able to do. And then next week, we're going to go over how to turn these feelings around on the inside too, so that you, you don't have to just sit there seething with frustration or anger or embarrassment, but pretending it's all okay. I will teach you how to turn it around on the inside as well. Okay. So have a great week, practice this non-reactivity, and I will see you next time. 